Okay, welcome to episode two of the Fight Rundown. And um, we are here with our guest from the All About uh, Balance podcast, Harry. Welcome yourself. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. It is a, it's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you want to follow both of us, check our Instagram out. Harry, yours is? Uh, yes, you can find me at, uh, well, my personal account is uh, BJJ underscore Harry Powell. And the podcast is the All About Balance podcast on Instagram. Okay. And over here, we've got um, at the fight rundown. Uh, we're just going to run, basically, we're just going to do a list. It's going to do a list of the pound for pound fighters currently in the UFC. Um, but first, I've got I've got a few questions. Just just a little conversation in it. Just you you give your answer. I'll read the question out, the scenario, and you tell me what you think. All right. First one. All right. Does Conor McGregor knock out Dustin Poirier in sixty seconds? No. Not a chance. Don't you think there's a chance? I mean, look, this is MMA. Anything can happen. But I think, um, so I, I, I do a little bit of writing for Attack the Back, uh, if, if anyone's heard of that website. And um, what I said in my article was, <sighs> before before I go into my answer, are you okay with long answers or, or would you prefer short answers? Yeah, no, that's fine with me. That's fine. All with right, me. cool. Yeah. So so the reason why I think um, Connor won't knock out Dustin inside, inside 60 is, is, Connor is in the best shape of his life, or so it looks, right? He, he talks often about um, how he's now actually a 155er. The shape that he's in is, is actually a shape for 155, which I think everyone could agree with. He looks he looks a lot bigger than he did at 145. Um, he looks he looks muscular. He looks well. Uh, Dustin equally looks just as good as he always does. So I think that what what's happening for McGregor is he's returning to a state of mind that reminds him of what he was on his run to. Uh, both the Jose Aldo and the Eddie Alvarez fights, right? And and what that is, is somebody that's dedicated to his craft, that doesn't have any outside influences, and that's able to train wholeheartedly and and, and really commit to it, right? And he's, he's essentially said as much in, in his interview with Ariel Hawani. Now, for that, what happens is Connor returns to his old stances, his old mind games, his old way of being. Now, he hasn't brought the mind games into this one because, again, as he said, he's 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 much more mature. He's got two kids and a third on the way, and congratulations to him for that. And you know, he's he respects Dustin as a man. He respects his philanthropy. He respects his fighting style. He respects all of these things. So the, the trash talk isn't really needed. But frankly, I think I think this is a similar mind game to, to how Donald Cerrone was played. And, and Donald Cerrone expected all this vitriol, this shit talk, this, this mad social media game. And what did he get? He got, oh, I, I'm, I really like your nan. Well, he's talking about his Python suit. You know what I mean? But... Right. He's talking about all this stuff that, that, was, that was just not what Cerrone expected. And again, think about what Dustin said, you know, in, in the lead up to the first fight, there was a lot of trash talk, a lot of bad blood. It was, oh, he's just another Irishman. I'm just going to show that he's all talk. He's a clown. He's this, he's that. And, and McGregor just ate that shit up. Right. Whereas now you know, Dustin's come out and said, I want a war. I want us both bleeding by the end of the first round. And then we'll see who, who really wants to dig in. And, and McGregor's just like, yeah, I really respect him. Like, sound now this could be you know mcgregor could be just completely honest and he's just in a different place mentally he's way more mature etc etc the reason why just you know rounding out my point the reason why i don't think that mcgregor will, will knock out dustin in, inside 60 is because the difference of dustin poirier's chin between 145 and 155 is like night and day mm. he's spoken often about how in his 145 career he spent most of his camp 
doing nothing but cutting weight, right? Getting down to that 145 limit. Whereas 155 is just, he's just a different beast, right? He's strong. He hits really fucking hard. He uses his chin really well. His defensive boxing has come on leaps and bounds. His footwork has come on leaps and bounds. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Dustin's going to win the fight, right? I picked Conor, I, I picked Conor McGregor and, and I've done so on, on the podcast. But I think that Poirier has ways to drag this fight later than the first round. And I think yeah. that's when it gets interesting. I'll be honest. I, I believe McGregor. I don't know why. I, I never used to be a fan. Like, I, well, not a fan. I never used to want to see McGregor win until what he did against Arlo. And then, because I've been following him since about 2014, right? And I tell you what, he's looking polished. And I'm not saying Dustin isn't, but it's the same chin. You know what I mean? And it's the same hands that are throwing them punches. And I maybe not 60 seconds, but I can definitely see this going out the first round. Right, next, so, I I think I gave my prediction was a uh, was uh, Dustin would be knocked out in the second round, right? And the reason why I gave that that prediction was because was because of the chin, right? And and it could be right, it could just be that McGregor lands and Dustin thinks, oh fuck this, like I'm just going to try and take his head off. And if he does that, it's it's over very very quickly, right? That plays right. Gaethje, though, similar to the right? Gaethje fight. Yes. However, look what happened in the Gaethje fight, right? Like now, don't get me wrong. The striking prowess and the striking accuracy between Conor McGregor and Justin Gaethje is just worlds apart. But what we saw was a war of attrition and Dustin won that war of attrition. And, and again, in my, in my article and in my notes leading up to the podcast was it was, it felt to me, and this is why I, this is one of the main reasons why I pick against Dustin is it feels to me against the highest of the high level guys, Dustin has to use a war of attrition to win, right? Yeah. We look at his fight with Alvarez, with, um, with uh, Gaethje, as you mentioned, with Dan Hooker. Um, he tried to make it a war against Habib, but I mean, these things happen, right? It's Habib, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and against, he was able to win those, those wars of attrition. We aren't able to see some of the crisp, hit and move that we've seen against lower level guys, right? And I feel like you're never going to win a war of attrition against Conor McGregor because he just won't accept to play it, right? Yeah. He's learned, I believe, from the Nate Diaz fights that a war of attrition is something that he can't win. He doesn't have the gas tank to do it. He puts too much into his shots. And, and it's just not his, it's not his playbook, right? Yeah. But if, if Poirier wants to run at McGregor, Jesus Christ, it's going to be a quick night for McGregor. It really, really is. It's going to be interesting. I do, I do think it's going to be interesting. But the next one, right, this one's going to take a... don't know if your answer will be different from two weeks ago or, well, before Saturday night, but is um, Hakeem Buckley a future champion in the UFC? I don't think Hakeem Buckley was ever a future champion in the UFC. No, neither. Especially, don't get me wrong, the knockout was insane. But the performance against Kevin Holland, his performance after that, he got he got the you he got the decision in his not obviously not Saturday night before that it was a decision right, mm -hmm. um, and then obviously got cleaned up. No, no, no. Sorry, he um he knocked out a guy from Jackson Wink, uh, Jordan Wright. He knocked out Jordan That's Wright it, in yeah. the second round. That's it. Yeah, but I'm not sold on him to becoming a world champion. Um. 
I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be even more brutal than that. There is absolutely no way that Joaquin Buckley is a world champion. Um, the reason why is because uh, he is somebody that relies on athletic prowess over technique. And at the yeah. highest levels, it just doesn't work like that. It yeah. just does not work like that. Wilder, maybe. And I know it's a completely different sport. That one moment, one moment they're looking for. But I think that one's quite an obvious answer in it. So we might as well move to the next one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to, I think probably just to touch a little bit on that, just, you know, we'll, we'll barrel into it a little bit further is, is Joaquin Buckley had an incredible knockout, right? Let's not get away. Knockout of the decade, probably, right? Like, where have we seen somebody that's done that? a push, a push. But... See, I'm not sure it is because, you know, you look at it, okay, there was no, there's no high stakes involved, right? It's just, an, it's just a, a regular UFC fight. There's no title fights involved. There's none of this, there's none of that. Um, but to have the audacity to even try and pull that yeah. off and to have everything line up in order for him to pull that off. And I think the, the athletic ability and the, the technical ability to actually pull it off, I think makes it so rare right now. Now people will, will argue the knockout of Alvarez or uh, Ioanni and Jacek uh, being knocked out by Rose Namajunas or um, I don't know. I'm giving it to Masvidal, I'm giving it to Masvidal versus Asprin as the decade. If we're picking one, uh, I definitely, I'm not sure I agree with that. Like five the reason seconds. why, go on. Yeah, five seconds. I don't, I don't know. Five seconds. The stakes were high. Ben Askren was. He was undefeated at that point. No. Wasn't he? I don't think so. I'll check. Uh, I'll check while we're here. But I don't think he was undefeated. I feel like he was. Obviously, he was. He had a very stat padded career, but. I'm sorry. I'm so uh, no, no, you're absolutely right. No, no. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he was undefeated in MMA. Um, I the reason why I don't think it was it was um, the the knockout of the year or the knockout of the decade was just because. I mean, Ben Ben essentially fell into that right. Like there wasn't even a setup. Jorge knew what he was going to do because Ben knew what he was going to do. Right, Jorge knew he's going to run at me and shoot immediately. Yeah. So I'm going to run a name in the face. And don't get me wrong, it worked phenomenally. Listen, that was the, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm biased towards Masvidal, but the fact that he did that with five seconds, uh, it was super necessary, as he said. But anyway, next one. I mean, um, sure. Oh, by the way, on that one, obviously that's very brief. It's not like we've done our research on the knockout of the decade. There's been plenty of high stakes. Well, you can even put Kevin sure. Holland, but. Sure, sure, sure. Um, who wins in 2021, Habib or GSP? Jesus, I mean, we could talk for an hour and a half just about this. I mean, I mean, what what weight class are we talking? See, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a catch weight at welterweight between welter and middle. I mean, GSP very, probably. Yeah, very. Unlikely I think. To happen at a catch I don't weight. think that would ever happen. If it's a catch weight, it's one sixty. Right. Yeah. If it's a catch weight, it's 160, 160, 162 pounds. That's what that's the catch weight. They'll never do Habib would never agree to a, a, a between of middleweight yeah, and whatever. I mean, GSP GSP only fought once at middleweight, right? He just went up and fought Bisping. And and even that, he spoke about all the colitis problems he had in in making even putting on the weight in order to make 185, yeah. right? Like he he and we see him now and he's he's lean, right? He's trim now. He's shredded now. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he was closer to 155 than we think. And you know, I well, he 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 spoke about doing a test cut to 155. 
and that it didn't it, it was okay like he made it but it wasn't great like he was he's not enjoying it that was um, year, it? it was yeah and and i don't i don't know i don't know i think oh what do i think i'm picking <sighs> fucking hell i'm picking a beat. it's close it's very close yeah i, I, I don't know I, if it is close i i think i think we'd i'd have to i'd have to go back and watch watch tape but my 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 instincts lean me toward, towards Habib. And the reason why is because he's been up against the likes of McGregor, the likes of Gaethje, the likes of Poirier, yeah. you know, just, just phenomenal fighters and made it look like, you know, he was fighting me. And, <laughs> and you know, a GSP is obviously a phenomenal grappler and a phenomenal striker in what he does. Um, but we've seen GSP pushed back against the fence before. And if he is pushed back against the fence, almost nobody is able to stop that takedown. And when you do stop that takedown, now again, let's see, like GSP is a phenomenal grappler. Maybe he's got something off his back for Habib um, in the same vein that maybe Charles Oliveira has got something on his back for Habib. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to go and, go, go and do tape, but at the moment yeah. I'm definitely leaning towards Habib. Right. Uh, next one. This one's an interesting one. Who wins? A prime Jose Aldo... Mm-hmm. Or Max Holloway right now. We're talking obviously Max, Max Holloway right, right now. now. Like we're talking Max Holloway's for. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, not today. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not saying tomorrow, uh, Saturday night. Or it's got to be Max Holloway now, right? The way he performed on Saturday, like we could talk an hour about that fight alone. But give me your thoughts. I'm picking Holloway all day. So I think I agree. Uh, I mean, Jose Aldo is my favourite fighter of all time, but but I do think I agree. I think Max is too long, too rangy, um, and and you know, let, let's talk a little bit about that fight on Saturday because for for how good Max Holloway was, Calvin Cater also was not good, right? And yeah. and I'm not, you know, the, I don't. Jeez, that, that's that's very hard for me to say, um, given the 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 performance that Calvin Cater put on just to stay in there. Um, I mean, the fight should have been stopped, in my opinion. But but you know, Calvin Cater did amazingly well to to to, to show his heart. Um, Calvin Cater just never got started. He never the footwork that we're used to seeing wasn't there. The the willingness to throw wasn't there. Now that was counteracted by Max putting on a round. You know, usually we see Max put on a pace that he put on in the first round. In the third round, right I mean, when he's gathered it. steam. That's what DC and, says, and, doesn't he? he yeah, that, and he's ready he's to that, go. That first round, Max is. A third round max on any other fight, he just stepped up that night. Yeah, and I, I hope to see Max compete like that from now on. To be honest, because I, I can't see many people stopping uh, Holloway at at that kind of canter. And yeah, I, I just, you know, Jose Aldo's never going to try and take Max down. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he does if if he's been beaten badly enough. But you know, Jose is Jose is a guy in in th- in three in three round fights that would take a round off, right? Usually the third or the second, depending on how the first went. And in five round fights, he's known to take rounds off too. Max is not going to let you take a round off. Nice. And 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 in the in the time that that Max is putting that pressure on you, if you're trying to take a round off, you're going to get really badly hurt. And and then when you're coming back out, we know Aldo does have a gas tank, but. Max hits really well to the body, and and if that's depleted, it's a it's a shit place to be. Yeah. Though, for Aldo, like man, we saw 
we saw in the first fight against Volkanovski that Max was was sort of um, susceptible to leg kicks, right? Now, in the second fight against Volkanovski, he just decided to eat those leg kicks and come forward anyway. But I feel like prime Jose Aldo, you take four or five leg kicks from that man and and if there's no, you have no choice but to adapt, right? Because he will drop you. And and yeah, that's that I think is a really interesting point. Yeah, I, too far. I think... I think Holloway probably you know as he takes that, but I think you made pretty pretty much all the same points I'd make. Right, yes or no, just one word. Okay. Does McGregor fight three times this year? Yes. In the UFC. Yes. Okay. That's all I'm gonna keep at because it's it's an interesting one, but I'm gonna say no. And okay. uh, right, anyway, next one. Will Tony Ferguson ever fight Khabib? No. Yeah, I think this one's quite explanatory. One fight left for Khabib, maybe two. Or... No, no, I think it's one. I, I mean, I say I think it's one. I, I MMA retirements are not a thing, right? We know this. And shout out to Sean Sheehan of the, and shout out to Sean Sheehan of the Severo podcast for this. But, but yeah. MMA retirements are just not a thing. They don't really exist. And and Habib is no no different. I mean, I I did feel. You know, I was I was kind of hoodwinked by Habib in a way by, you know, all this talk about his mother and and the 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 agreements that had been made and whatever. Because up to this point, Habib has been somebody that that really is a man of his word. You know, like he the way that he spoke of his father and the relationships and all and you know his his loyalty to his team and his country and and his community and all this stuff has been rife throughout his whole career. And and when he he was in the cage and he said, oh, you know, I made an agreement with my mother and, and this is it. I was like, all right, fair play. You know, if that if that's his decision, that's his decision. And and obviously with the the really tragic passing of his father, he has big shoes to fill in that in that community. You know, and and he will be expected to step up and take those take the reins that, that Abdul Manap were was currently was holding at the time. And and I thought, okay, fair enough. But man, we we know that money talks right even to the people that don't care about money and we know that legacy and and this and that and dana is a man that knows how to turn a fighter if he wants to you know yeah. he knows how to to be kind enough and sweet enough and talk the deal and 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 i think the mcgregor fight is there if the gsp fight isn't and both of those are absolute blockbuster fights personally yeah. give me habib and usman let's do it let's have what? some fun give me habib and usman yep let's do it if, if you say if you could pick any final fight for Khabib, you're picking Usman. Yeah, let's see it. Okay. If I, if I had to pick, I'd pick uh, McGregor too. Purely. I'm not that interested. I don't. Um, I think. I think that the reason why I picked that fight, right, is because if we're talking final fights, final fights. Imagine thirty and know If Khabib wins, obviously, uh, thirty and know double weight champ, and you ride out like that. Come on, yeah, that's different gravy. But if he goes out and beats a bit, McGregor again, what does that do? Like, what does it, what does it actually do? Yeah, that's not a legacy fight. It's more of a money fight, right? Right. It's entirely a money fight. He's already beaten once, right? And and of course, I mean, man, if if that's the fight, I'm I'm all in. I'm ready. I don't I don't want to see the the same darkness to it, right? Because yeah. because the way that that fight uh, developed was at times really, really dark and really unnecessarily dark too. Too you know, Some of the stuff, 
too personal you know you don't bring wives religion family into into these things you just you just don't do it you know yeah. if if connor wanted to bring in uh his ties with ramzan kadyrov or his manager or his team or whatever that's fine those are fighting men i think that's fair game yeah. right but but to bring in his wife his children his father his religion it's just yeah. it's that that's not selling a sport that's not selling a fight you know yeah, to, I can't lie. I think it sold a lot of people on the the fight. More casual fans than. Oh, of course people. it did. Of course it did. I just don't think it's right. Oh no, not at all. But um, yeah, if that was happen, it was a money fight. But I agree with you. Anyway, maybe not with Usman. I don't think you'd go up to welterweight to fight Usman. But I, oh, man, that, can, you, if, can, if you imagine, can you imagine Khabib holding two belts like McGregor did? It just wouldn't. It's just not Khabib, is it? Like. He's more but, of a conquer and dominate one division. And he almost has, to be fair. Well, he has. I mean, he has. But yeah, I think I think the thing that would be, like, like we talk about a feud and this and that. Like, what better way would there to to really poke the McGregor bear, go up to welterweight, right, fight Usman, who Connor has called for the Usman fight, right? He's called for the Woodley fight, all of this. Go up, beat Usman, maybe finish Usman or whatever it is, win that belt and do exactly what McGregor did. Jump up on the cage, two belts, whatever, and then walk away. Like, well, do I'm you done. Think, That's it. Do you think, obviously, a bit off topic, do you think Usman beats Gilbert Burns? Yes. Does he beat Covington? Again? Yes. Does he beat Masvidal? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not even close. Masvidal doesn't, Masvidal doesn't, have, a, doesn't have a place. Masvidal with full training life. camp will not beat Usman again. Yeah, a million percent. Um, look, I disagree. The, I disagree. So, so the reason let's talk through all those fights, right? And we can we can we can have our, our discussion. The reason why I think Usman beats Gilbert Burns is because Gilbert Burns hits really hard, really hard, right? But we've seen him gas. Yeah, Kamara Usman does not gas. Colby Covington too. That fight goes exactly the same this time. Exactly the same. Why didn't they attempt to wrestle with each other? Because they are both acutely aware of how good their wrestling credentials are, right? And Colby Coverton is well aware, as good as his gas tank is, you do not want to waste energy on shots that don't work, right? And even if you do get Kamaru Usman down, good luck holding him there. Yeah. Right? So the difference between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington is written. It's power. And we saw it. Kamaru Usman broke Colby's jaw in that fourth round or fifth round. I can't quite remember. And Colby doesn't quite have the power unless he just reinvents his game entirely to Did really hurt Kamaru Usman, which exactly, why would he? It's, he he's, he's an absolutely brilliant fighter the way he is. He's a brilliant wrestler, but maybe an average boxer compared to Usman. And I think that's I mean, what decided the fifth round. Well, the whole see, fight. I, I'm not sure. I just think it was a power thing. Like, it's yeah. not, we're not, you know, uh, Kamaru took shots, right? Colby landed shots. It's more oh, that he yeah, just didn't yeah. have the power to, to, to force Kamaru to respect him. And Jorge Masvidal, the same thing will happen. The same thing will happen. Kamaru's got a chin. Yeah, Masvidal can wrestle, sure. But Kamaru will, will out-wrestle him. He will take him down and he will hold him there. This isn't a jiu-jitsu match. This isn't a, a straight boxing match. This is MMA. And I, I, I really, really feel like, you know, sure, Jorge's got incredible back defense and, and jiu-jitsu defense. We saw that in the Damian Meyer fight. But you can out-wrestle Jorge. And, and Kamaru, I honestly think Kamaru would do that. Well, 
if I was going to quickly run through them three, um, yeah, go exactly same with Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns is overrated. I can't lie. Um, Woodley, Woodley's pa- Woodley was past it, right? But I think he takes, I think he takes Usman to more of a limit than Masvidal did, for sure. Covington, like you said, exact same way. I can't see anything changing. But Masvidal, I gen, I genuinely, th- I genuinely think, give Masvidal full training camp, not on six days notice, not for two from the weight cut, and I think it's a complete different fight. Does Usman still win? He's probably the favorite, right? But what, what do you think Masvidal does differently in that fight? Everything. Every time in the first fight, right? Every how does he win? Sorry? How does he win? Knockout. Oh, boy. I, I, I can't lie. I, I genuinely can't <laughs> see. I am confident Masvidal beats Usman if they have a full match. But like, obviously, obviously, that was a full match at Fight Island in July, but I'm talking full training camp for Masvidal. It definitely goes different. It doesn't go the same way. Not at all. I think that the rounds would be closer. Closer in the sense that Masvidal would have more energy to counter-wrestle and strike from a clinch and whatever. But I definitely am not sure I see... Uh, yeah, I definitely don't see Jorge knocking out Kamaru. I think I think Jorge is a good boxer. Don't get me wrong. He's got good hands, good fundamentals, a good Cuban background. Top three boxer but, in the UFC, yes or no? Sorry? Is he the top three boxer in the UFC, yes or no? Um, Pure boxing. I'm saying no. Yeah. No. Well, who do you put above him? Holloway's got Conor him. McGregor. Uh, I think Conor McGregor has to be up there. I think yeah. Holloway has to be up there. I think that. Um, Francis. TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw has to be up there. Maybe Francis. Yeah, maybe. Just because, I mean, if, if, he, if he blows on you, you're probably going to fall over. So I guess you have yeah, to put sure. Francis up, up there. Um, I put yeah, him I, I, Cody Garbrandt, I think, has to be up there. With that jaw, though. Yeah, but we're talking about boxing skills, right? Your jaw yeah, isn't a skill. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, yeah. You know, Jorge's got a fucking chin, but but yeah. that's that's nothing to do with skill. You're born with it or you're not, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely put guys above Jorge. Definitely. I think, I, I personally think Jorge is overrated. I, I think he's a very, very good fighter. Don't get me wrong. And I love, I love the shtick. I love his personality apart from the Donald Trump stuff. But I do think he's overrated. Like if, if let's, let's, let's put it this way. If, if Jorge and Leon Edwards fight, who wins? I don't want to wind you up. <laughs> you might leave if I if I answer that one. No, not at all. I'm genuinely. You think Jorge wins, right? I think Jorge wins. Yeah. I but just think I, Leon is. But I'm underestimating Edwards right there because of how yeah. everyone. I don't care what anyone says. Leon Edwards is the one of the top three most underrated UFC fighters currently. Right? He's disrespected. Um, he's disrespected for how good he is. I Nine think. Yeah, I think. I think he's overlooked because he isn't a personality, right? Or that, or that the UFC haven't, haven't, um, they haven't put enough marketing dollars into, you know, like he has a great story, right? He, he came over from Jamaica. He got in some trouble as a kid and then he moved away from that, found MMA, bettered his life, bettered his family's life. Like that's, that's a brilliant story, you know? Yeah. And not only that, like his brother, Fabian, he, 
he was brought in. He's now a great fighter. Maybe not a great fighter, but he's a decent fighter. Um, yeah. yeah, Leon's got a phenomenal story and, and his work with Team Renegade and Tom Breeze and all this. Like, yeah, a really great story. It's just... Sorry? Great... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, it has a great uh, great team behind him. Obviously, sports as well in the UK, so... Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, he... He's, he's a very, very good fighter, you know? Yeah. He's a serious fighter, a great gas tank. He's, he's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, predominantly people see him as a striker, but you'll remember the Gunny Nelson fight. You'll remember the Peter Sabota yeah. fight. Like, Peter Sabota is a legitimate black belt, and Leon just played in his guard for three rounds. Yeah, and Gunny Nelson, like, to, to finish Gunny Nelson. That was the same card as a Till versus Masvidal, I'm pretty sure, right, in the UK? Uh... I don't, sure yeah, I don't yeah, remember, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I'm really bad at cards and stuff. I yeah, remember that's where Masvidal gave him the three-piece with the soda. So, uh, yes, right. right. Um, anyway, and I, next, next in uh, penultimate one, another, another. just give me one name. I'm going to give you two names and you tell me, okay? No exclamation. Who was a greater champion all around? Okay, this is very subjective. Anderson Silva with his middleweight middleweight reign or John Jones at light heavyweight. Oh fucking hell. Um I'll go I'll go John. first. I'll say Anderson Silva. I'll say John Jones. Okay, interesting. That was so hard though. Yeah, it's not easy. That's so hard. That's why I don't want to explain it because you can yeah, that, yeah, we'll be here forever. We'll be here forever. Right. And final one. I think this one it's very subjective again. Will Michael Chandler ever become a UFC champion? No, I don't think it's subjective at all. No yeah. way. Unless you're Michael, a Bellator fan. My, I mean, look, I, I am a Bellator fan, right? But but that doesn't mean that I don't... I, it doesn't mean I have to be biased. Do you know what I mean? Like, Michael Chandler is a, is a good fighter, but Patricio Pitbull is not a great fighter. And Michael Chandler got flatlined, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Brent, the Brent Primus, I, I kind of have an asterisk on because of the Achilles he, Achilles kick and, and whatever. Like that's you know, there's not much you can do, and and that that's fine. But um, I I don't think that Michael Chandler is a great fighter. I think he's a good fighter, really good credentials in, in his grappling, really really good credentials, and a nasty overhand right. But yeah, I'm not. I mean, okay, who does he beat? Does he beat McGregor? I don't see it. Does he beat Poirier? I definitely don't see it. Does he beat? I don't see. I I mean, I'm picking Dan Hooker for a second round stoppage. Yeah, Uh, that's a very good. You know, I'd put money on that one. I can see that quite easily happening. Um, So, yeah, so all of them are supposed to be starting segment, but you know what I mean? Views get us all. So, I was going to do the UFC predictions, but I'm pretty sure we've gone over it anyway. You've said McGregor round two and Hooker round... No, you said you did say McGregor round two, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, and you said uh, Hooker round two as well. Yeah, on the podcast, I, I said Hooker unanimous decision, but the more that I, I've had some time now to think about it a little bit longer, and, and I think I think Hooker gets it done. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go McGregor round one. Hooker decision, maybe? Mm. Not too sure. Interesting one. Right, so the next bit's the top 10 pound for pound rankings. And this has got to be interesting because after doing that, both of our views are different, right? It's, and obviously anyone could just look onto the UFC website and quite easily look at that list and refer to that. Mine's completely different. I can't lie. Didn't, don't know if you've got a few, uh, you've got your list sorted. 
So I will, I think 10 is hard to be truly honest. I really think 10 is hard, but um, I think that the, I, I, we will, we will do it, but I think the pound for pound discussion is utter, utterly futile really, because it's, it's basically a, a conversation you have with the lads just about who's your favorite fighter really that's yeah. what it boils down to right it but it comes down to really who's your favorite fighter because skills you know skills are dependent on body shape and type and all of this kind of stuff so um i tell you we'll go one for one right so if you go your number one pound for pound fighter i'll then go mine and then we'll go down from there have you got 10 i i i will have 10 i've got about seven but i'll have 10 okay um Right, so first, I'm going Habib. I I'll, agree with you. I'll, I'll give a few points. He's the goat. I think he's the goat, right? And talking UFC modern era, I'm putting him as the goat purely for the fact 29 and 0. I feel like that. If you have that undefeated name, you know, what I mean, that's why I think Mayweather's a goat over Duran. Uh, I could go and but boxing's completely different. But UFC is very. These these are your people, you know what I mean? These are, this is your era. I'm going, he's beaten, he's beaten all the best. He's not shied away from any big fights. Um, his resume says it all. Go on your reasons. So I don't think Habib is the greatest of all time. Um, again, because that's a really difficult discussion to have without bias. I think that 29 and 0 is with the asterisk of Glace and T-Bell, right? Um because that was controversial, but the 29-0 is incredible. I think the reason why I put him at one number one pound for pound is because what we're doing here is mixed martial arts. What we're talking about is mixed martial arts. Forget the UFC as a brand. We're, in that cage, it's MMA. Anything goes, right? Yeah. But Habib manages to negate 95% of what MMA can be, and he takes every fight to where he wants it to be. And to yeah. be such an expert, like we think about um, jiu-jitsu fighters, right? Damian Meyer, Shoeface now, um, Tim Elliott to an extent. You know, these are guys that are really good jiu-jitsu practitioners. How many of them won a world title? None. How yeah. many are going to win a world title? None, right? But Habib managed to dominate essentially purely with wrestling, Right. You know, now he's added a, a striking game and, and obviously he's had submissions for, for a while. But, you know, those submissions are like his opponent is so desperate to get out of there and so desperate to improve their position that just something is given to them, right? Um, so, you know, I put Habib at number one for the pound for pound because those skills that he's accumulated not only have changed the game drastically, right? But they've also been so utterly dominant in his fights. Thanks. He, he took Gagey. Everyone thought, I, I, I can remember this like it was yesterday, for that whole week of build-up, everyone was saying it. Khabib might not even be able to take Gagey down with all his credentials. Two seconds, he had him on his back. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. it's stuff like that that's just nuts. And uh, Yeah, and I think that's, that. just, just to round out this point, I think the, the Gagey fight was really interesting because, you know, I was really interested to see how Gaethje would fare, given that, you know, 
if you go back and look at his his collegiate wrestling career, he's right. A lot of what he did was based on defensive wrestling. He won matches by defensive wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, defensive wrestling in MMA is, is completely different to collegiate defensive wrestling. But to have the chops there to understand the positions, that would be really beneficial. But what we saw was Gaethje was just pressured immediately and yeah. couldn't handle the pressure, didn't, ha- didn't, didn't have a way out for the pressure. And that was like almost that was a new wrinkle to Habib's game was, was the striking pressure to set up the grappling and Oh my God, that fight wasn't close. Was it Jesus? I, I never, th- I never thought Gaethje would win. Like not in a million years. I just thought this could be the hardest Khabib fight ever. Um, mm. Maybe he got knocked down. Saw how we come back from it. But um, yeah, like, like you said, it was just one-sided and that like that leg kick into the takedown. No, ah, no one saw that coming. And, Right, anyway, who, who you got number two? So number two is probably going to be a very controversial one. Um, number two for me is Amanda Nunes. Are we including women in this? Of course. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that's probably, to be fair, I don't think any woman, maybe obviously Shevchenko and Nunes, I did these for men's, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put Amanda Nunes in at number that you know, you know what number two? I'm going Adesanya. I'm picking Adesanya at number two. Okay. Because oh, he's moving up weight. He causes. Oh, I don't know if I'm biased because a lot of people still aren't sold Adesanya, and I don't know how. I think he's he's really done it all. And don't get me wrong, he's he's never been challenged to go to the ground, apart from maybe Derek Brunson. But Calvin Gastelum had him in a triangle for a while. Yeah, true. true completely forgot that one. But how could you forget one of the greatest fights of all time? I, I watched that last. I watched that a couple of weeks ago. But that scorecard was clear to Adesanya. It was one of them ones where, because the fight was so lopsided, and maybe could have been ended in the last five seconds. You wouldn't think of it. it wasn't that that ground game wasn't enough to sell me thinking Adesanya is bad on the ground, right? And don't get me wrong, he did get stunned straight. What well, in the first round? Was it first or second? I can't quite. First, yeah. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I'm going out of Sanjay and obviously undefeated as well. So the reason why Adesanya, Adesanya is in my list. He's not, um, he's not that high. And the reason why is, you know, you say he's done it all, but that doesn't matter for a pound, of pound, pound for pound list, right? Pound for pound is just about skills. Yeah. And, and the reason why Amanda Nunes is, is number two for me is because she could fucking wrestle. Her yeah. jiu-jitsu is really good. She's a legitimate black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Look at her last fight, indeed. And oh my lord, does she have hands, son? Well, so she has, she has the best hands in women's boxing. Well, women's fighting, sorry. Hundred percent agree with you. Sorry. I hundred percent agree with you. Um, yeah. I don't. The only woman I can think that comes close to even boxing is. Like even in the women's boxing division is Clarissa Shields and she's moving to MMA, but I really she generally has such good hands. I don't know if some of the best women's boxers could be Amanda Nunes with the way she fights at times. Like um I think we now Clarissa Shields has moved to MMA, we have to treat her as an MMA fighter. Yeah. And if Amanda Nunes and Clarissa Shields fought in MMA, it wouldn't last three minutes. It'd be the same as a cyborg fight, in my opinion. 
I don't think Amanda Nunes would even bother striking with her. She'd walk in, take her down, and choke her out within seconds. Yeah. That's the point. We're What's talking Ronda Rousey. I mean, why... Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, Ronda got knocked out in, against Nunes. But yeah, it would be the same thing. Ronda would just storm the cage, take somebody down, and armbar them. And I think Amanda Nunes would do the same thing, but, but would choke somebody out. So who have you got at number three? Um, I'm going to Amanda Nunes. Um, All right, yeah, sure. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it has to be. Literally, there's no point talking about it because it's the exact same point as yours. Uh, clear. She's, she's clear, isn't she? She's the greatest. She's the GOAT for women's, definitely, uh, MMA. Mm -hmm. But before we go, um, gotcha, no, you go for your number three first, then I'll ask. John Jones. Okay. I can see why. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last two fights, maybe a bit. The oh. skills are there. Yeah. Right? I think, again, like John Jones to me. Is he the go? No. No. John, John Jones to me is somebody that um, he feels like he is a man that needs to be wild. Right? John Jones needs to be a wild man in order to be the person that we that we grew up watching. Yeah, we're talking outside and of UFC. John Jones is, is now of an age where, no, no, I mean, when, I mean, basically his whole career was in the UFC, but yeah. as he was coming up the ranks, as he was challenging for the title and then in his early title defenses, he he was a wild man, right? We know what he was doing outside in his personal life, but That's now, you know, they say cats well. have nine. Oh, right, sorry. Like, Cats, they say, have nine lives. John Jones has probably had 11 at this point, right? Yeah. You know, if, if something happens again, that man is probably going to prison for a long time. And, and that, that would be a, a real tragedy. But I think that taking the wild man out of John Jones means that we don't get some of the, the kind of the fuck you attitude, right? And, and, yeah. and I think that some, maybe some of the confidence has gone. And, and maybe when he moves to heavyweight, that'll be a little bit different because there's, there's a different kind of motivation. There's a different kind of fear. But I think the skills are still all there for John Jones. Yeah, definitely. Keeps getting better as well. That's what it feels like. But um, I know we had two tough last fights, but I generally, I, I think Adesanya beats him, but that's a conversation for another day, right? Like... That's similar to Khabib GSP. Mm -hmm. But um, I was going to, I should have asked you earlier to be fair, but it has just popped into my mind. Was Ronda Rousey overrated? No. Um, Would she survive in that? Days what happened? Oh, no, no. And, and I think that's that's kind of part of my, my, my answer is, is Ronda Rousey built the female division in MMA and and okay you had Gina Carano and, and Chris Seibold before that but we must remember that, that Dana White opened a division and crowned Ronda you know without even throwing a punch you know yeah. and and there was a there was an entire division created for a superstar now you know Ronda beat the people that she beat and she beat them legitimately had become champion and and you know MMA moves so quickly that if you don't move with it you'll be found out extremely quickly and the game will pass you by and and I think that that's what we saw I don't think Ronda was overrated for her time I just think that the game moved too quickly and she didn't move with it you know I agree yeah it came up came very quick obviously with Holly Home, but it, my my number four is uh Davidson Figueredo 
That's a great shout. I'm putting Figgy. I'm putting Figgy. Obviously, I am at three, but you got to put Amanda Nunes in there. No doubt about it. Figueredo, I know he got the draw of the last fight, but that only purely came down to the low blow, right? And, and Moreno was great, but what Figgy does down there, and now he sorted his weight issue out, I genuinely think he will not drop that belt. Um, I think it depends on on things like weight and his age and these sorts of things. But I heard somebody say that the, the best best way that I've heard Figueredo uh, just be described in his fighting style is that he's a man that fights at 125 pounds, but he fights like a heavyweight. True. And and that that is just a brilliant way to describe Figueredo. And I, I have Figueredo in my list as well, but uh, he he's he's uh, he's not number four. My number four is. Israel Adesanya, and uh, yeah. and the reason Israel Adesanya is there is um, is more because I think that when you when you come from uh, a kickboxing background, right? Now he's trained MMA for a long time, but from coming from a pure kickboxing background to then acquire the skills at the rate that he acquired them. He's had tough fights, right? Brad Tavares is no joke. Derek Brunson is no joke. Kelvin Gastelum is no joke. Whitaker, no joke. Paulo Costa, no joke. Yo Romero, you know, we go on and on and on and on. Yeah. And on. But what Izzy does so brilliantly well is he's got one of the, the sort of the dying arts of striking and he's a master of it and that's range, right? Yeah. And, and the reason why he's, he's so difficult to take down, so difficult to get close to is because of that range, right? Because of that range manipulation. And that's something that Connor is also an absolute master of. And, yeah. And, and that's why both of those guys are so special. Right. And I think Izzy has to be there because, okay, his, his takedown defense uh, still has ways to go. Right. You know, he's not, he's not uh, an absolute monster yet. He's not a Tyron Woodley yet. Although, you know, obviously Tyron got taken down against Usman. Um, but it almost doesn't matter because it's so hard to get that close to him. So I think for those reasons alone um, and, and the skills that he's shown against the level of opposition that he's shown, he's number four for me. Um, point on that. That's, that's why I had him number two. Look at them. And people say um, haters. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can use that word correctly ever, but... Adesanya's fight style is boring because he looks so good, but that's that's what it's about, isn't it? He literally mutes his opponent, and I've heard it, I've heard people say it, saying, "I don't get how you can say that." Right, Adesanya's fights are amazing to say the least for striking, but um, the way he manipulates his opponent, look what he did to Whitaker, and Whitaker had the right idea. You know what I mean? Swinging, trying to make it into a bit of a dog fight, but. Didn't seem to work. Too powerful as well. Um, I think that's about it. I don't understand you're right. Or you got anything else? Oh, I mean, I think I think you're about right. I mean, I think I think the way to the way to beat Adesanya is not playing the Yoel Romero game. It's not trying to strike with him, unless you're a superior striker, obviously. Um, but it's it is to hassle him. It's to make him work. It's to try and pressure him. It's trying to negate the jab, the teeth, you know, all these kinds of things. And that's so much easier said than done. But yeah, I, I think, yeah. So so who's your number five? At five, I've got John Jones. Maybe a bit okay, far yeah. away, but I feel like every, same with you. Everyone justified above him is reasonable, right? 
yeah, I, 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 I think that's absolutely fine. Um, my five is, um, is Davis and Figueredo. Uh, I, 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 I find it very difficult to put him ahead of the other guys, but my God, he absolutely has to have a place in that list. I think yeah. for the longest time, you know, the only person he lost to is UCA Formiga. And, and I mean, that was, that was what it was. But other than that, he, he just seems to have found his rhythm now. He's found, he's found who he is as a fighter. He's found his method of fighting, and he implements that with brilliant, brilliant methods. You know, yeah. what do you want to do? You want to stand with him? Not really, right? You don't really want to stand with him because... You want to get to the ground with him. And this is my point. When you go to the ground with him, he's probably going to catch your neck somehow. And when he does, it's done. That, it's Alex, done. Perez, that Alex Perez submission was... Oh. It was it was a perfection like it was so underlooked but yet so good right that was amazing the way he sweet the leg and yeah it's so tasty the way that you know I mean I mean he he the thing that Davison does really well is is he creates scrambles he forces you to scramble right because he knows he's superior in the scrambling positions and then when he gets to the scrambling positions all he's looking for are necks necks and backs right and when he gets there it's done. It is done. Yeah. And yeah, Davis Figueredo is a monster. back against the cage, right? <laughs> yeah. Not comparing Khabib to Figgy, but um, you, you can see what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 I do struggle to see who beats Figueredo. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's tough. I don't think, I mean, Henry Cejudo, I think at 125 is a really good fight. A really, really good fight. Uh, I don't think Henry's going to make that cut again, and I don't blame him. Uh, but I, I do think Dana White wants Shahudo back from the way he sounds in interviews as well. Now he's retired. Yeah, sure, and and I think Sahudo, uh I think, but I think, yeah, I think Sahudo is a is a is a really really good 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 fight because he can crack. He's got good footwork, and obviously the wrestling is amazing. And and you know he he's got enough wherewithal to to hold or make it more make it tougher for Figueredo. You know what I mean? Because yeah. again. Uh, yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah, go on. Number six, who've you got? Um, before before we go on to the next one, if you leave a comment on the Instagram, you know, leave a comment. If you're listening to this, leave a comment in your top 10. All right, Obviously, absolutely. Over at Harry's, over at mine. Take see, see what everyone's saying. We'll try and uh, I'll reply back to him, send it to Harry, reply back to his. Um, but for number six, we are on number six, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I've got Conor McGregor, and it's a bold one, it's a bold statement, but. Three right, and obviously when you said pound for pound, which it does mean it's skills, right? Mm-hmm. McGregor's done it in three weight categories, which does start to bring in the pound for pound conversation. Featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, three knockouts. Um, I, it's not like he never goes on about it because that's all I ever hear from him. But um, double champ, and obviously lost to Nate Dials, which was a great fight. But um, the only other person he's lost to is Khabib, who's number one, right? So. And Joe Duffy, but that was outside the UFC, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I actually had Connor at five, um, but then changed it a little, a, uh, you know, before. I think, I think Connor is one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. Fact, fact. I heard Ariel Hawani say this, and I agree. Yeah, I totally agree, and and I've said it for a little while, but I think, you know, he has an incredible chin. Right, the, the the shots that he took off Diaz and 
you know, nothing happened. We're, we're brilliant. You know, you go back and watch his Max Holloway fight. Max Holloway cracks him. Dustin cracks him. And he just keeps coming forward. It just takes him like a champ. Yeah. His, his, his striking variety, his fight IQ, he has vastly underrated grappling. If you don't believe me, go and watch the Max Holloway fight. He had one ACL at that point and still managed to dominate Max, who's a good jiu-jitsu practitioner on the ground. Go and watch the guard passing from Diego Brandao. Um, yeah, he's... Sorry? Norbert Baines also said that um, McGregor has... He's underrated. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, think he is, um, I think it's purely for his gimmick that he is so good and everyone looks away from how actually good he is. Yeah, and I think uh, the other thing is is go and watch round one against Habib, right? Like yeah. Habib in round one is dangerous when he gets you to the position because you're dry, there's no sweat, and he can really, really damage you in those rounds. And Connor, he lost the round, don't get me wrong, but he nullified so much of Habib's game in that round one. And I think that it was really, really impressive. Um now, obviously, we know what happened later on, and that's fine. But, but uh, yeah, his grappling is vastly underrated, and 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 I think putting Connor there is is um, absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Who have you got at six? I have Rose Namajunas. Oh, okay. Reasoning on that. The so, picks are over. So I think that Rose Namajunas is somebody else that's shown incredible skill acquisition, right? So obviously in her Evicta days, she was just throwing up triangles, arm bars, all this stuff from anywhere, right? And that's how she was finishing fights. She comes into the UFC in tough and she does okay, right? You know, she does okay, whatever, whatever. Goes to Trevor Whitman. And now you've got a fighter that, okay, she doesn't have mad power unless you ask you Annie and JJ. But her footwork, her timing her striking overall, her boxing fundamentals are absolutely brilliant. Her head work, her head work, her head movement is phenomenal. And obviously she can grapple, right? She can submit people. She can grapple. She can hold people. This may be a biased pick because I absolutely love Rose Namajunas' fight style. Um, yeah. But, but that, I, that was I, my, the second one, right? The three rounder, that was amazing. Oh man. And I mean, yeah, the first, the first round in that fight was flawless. Yeah. absolutely flawless now slipping everything exactly slipping absolutely everything and punishing jessica andrage now obviously in the third round andrage just decided to throw the kitchen sink at her and not care about power and that's fine if you're andrage if that's the game plan you want to play that's fine um and it actually it did work it did she, she damaged that. rose you know yeah, absolutely. I'm. I think I'm going to change mine. Actually, I think I'm going to take Davis and Figueredo out of five and put Conor McGregor there, and I'll put Davis and Figueredo at seven. So, but yeah, go on. That that's my pick. What's your pick at, at six? So, so yours is so your seven's Figueredo for all the reasons you said, right? Yes. So, I've got I've got Shevchenko, Valentina. I yeah, Shevchenko's in my list. I can't see um, Namunas at six is so bold, but. There's no way. I'd even put Weili Zhang over Namajunas, and I don't even know if... I don't think we've seen enough of Weili Zhang yet. That's what I mean, and I wouldn't even put Weili Zhang in my top 10. No, I agree. So, Not yet. I'm definitely picking um, Shevchenko. Lost, obviously lost to Nunes, um, but everyone's making a big deal with her last fight, obviously, in the same kind as Figueredo. 
just because she lost one round, right? Like um, against Maya, which mm-hmm. is Jennifer Maya, which says everything in it. When you lose in one round and that's the main talking point of the fight, even though you've won four, shows how good you are. And maybe mm-hmm. I've, I've undercut her a bit. Maybe I should have put a higher goal. Well, and Shevchenko is my number 10. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Who's your number eight? So, number eight. This is where it gets interesting because these are the hardest picks for me. And I'm looking at I keep changing it in my head. But I'm going to go... It's literally a toss-up between... I can't even say because they're all going to be in the list, but I'm going to go... Um, I'm going Mia Chich. I'm, go- I'm going Stipe. Interesting. Okay. Heavyweight. Beat DC twice and... DC, I think, is underrated purely because of the shadow of John Jones, which I don't think he's in anymore, especially since being the heavyweight. He was a double champ. Beat DC twice. He's a champ. And the names he's got on his record are unbelievable. Like, do, do I like him? What Do I like watching a Mitrich fight? No. Would I ever go and run one back if I had the choice? No. But I do think I do think he belongs in that top 10, and I think the eighth is the right position for him. So I've gone for Kamara Usman. Yeah. That was my nine. So Kamara Usman, I think um, he is, he's the Khabib of welterweight, right? In a, in a different way that he doesn't finish as many fights and this, and, and he's, he's more happy to stand. But, you know, for the first six UFC fights, it was just a wrestling clinic, an absolute wrestling clinic on anyone that stepped in the cage with him. I've never um, seen a more one-sided fight than that Woodley fight. That was disgusting to watch at one I point. I mean, you have seen a more one-sided fight. You watched Max Holloway, Calvin Cater on the weekend. But, <laughs> yeah, true. But, I'm talking grappling um, purposes only, right? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, I, 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 I'd probably argue that any Habib fight is probably more one-sided than that too, but you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. When it's right. five rounds, though, isn't it? When it's five yeah, rounds, it's, pure. It's tough. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to be Tyron Woodley in that fight. It's tough. Especially um, Mark Goddard was saying, giving him a chance to the reset. And the Usman Lidji was pounded and went right into him and just lifted him. Just oh, it was it was hard watching that twenty five minutes being a would like if you are a Woodley fan. But I thought that was an except. That was his. I think that's his best performance. It was hmm. no luck involved, completely one sided. Yep, I agree. So who you got at nine? So my nine's Usman. My nine's Usman. Okay, fine. So mine may be bold, but I'm going with it. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, jeez. That's a, it's an interesting choice. you got to give me some reason on that one. Um, I think he's one of the best strikers that MMA's ever seen, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think that, okay, uh, there are some wrestling deficiencies, right? But overall, his takedown defense is really, really good. Uh, I think everyone that watched the fight knows that he beat Darren Till in Liverpool. Um, I was actually at that fight, and I thought Wonderboy won. Um, oh, obviously, yeah, I'm not going to. Th- that. Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing, but I uh, I then got out of there sharpish because I didn't want to speak to anyone who would like. Oh, do you think Till won? I'm like, no, mate, I'm fucking out of here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought Wonderboy won that fight, and and I think that uh, Wonderboy should have been welterweight champion. I think the second fight against Woodley. He won. Uh, I think the first fight was was close to a little bit controversial with the draw, but you know. I, I, I gave that one to Woodley, uh, not Woodley. Sorry, I gave that to Thompson. The first fight was Thompson's fight, I think. 
I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think that for somebody that again, this is a this is a it's 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 very rare, I think, in modern MMA that you get somebody that is has such a specialism in one area and manages to dominate fights with that specialism. And he's on the same Wonder lines as Kingston and Francis Anya, right? He exactly, exactly. And, and Thompson's worked his way around not getting taken down by using his skill. Right. You, I, right. You seem you like know, a when, Thompson fan if you're putting in nine. I, I think he's great. I've, I've not got him top ten. But, look, I think, I think you know, we, we talk about all these fighters and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, even let's take, let's take the Jorge fight, right? Jorge, that was a full camp, right? And we're talking about, oh, Jorge's wrestling and his boxing. He got fucking wrecked by Stephen Thompson. It wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah, that was an exceptional form. That was his last fight. Well, it doesn't matter if that was last fight, wasn't it, before the resurrection? Uh, before the resurrection, yeah, before he went away, yeah. And, and I mean, look, this isn't to say that Masvidal hasn't improved and hasn't done all of these things like I'm sure he has. But, boy, boy, that shit wasn't close. And even against Jeff Neal, right? Let's take Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal, okay, he's not a world beater, right? But he's a decent fighter. Why oh, the made yeah, him look like a fucking expected. chump? Especially after the layoff, you know what I mean? People are asking, can Thompson come back? The bookies had him both for evens. And I tell you what, that was an exceptional, exceptional performance that uh, look, in December. Wonderboy Thompson is a phenomenal fighter. Highly, highly underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's very underrated. He's on he's along the lines of like Leon Edwards underrated. Um and he's beat he's beat a lot of people. Yeah, like he's he's got a good resume, but at my 10, right, I tell you what, this is a toss-up between um Pierre Ian, Max Holloway, Volvanovsky, they're the three that come to my that I do not know which one to pick. I just wanna I wanna say all three because it's 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 so close, isn't it? But, but you I'm, can't. You gotta pick one. I, I am gonna pick one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that guy who picks all three. Piotr hasn't done enough to put in the UFC pound pound rankings yet. Don't get me wrong. That Aldo fight was amazing. Only because of the person I'm picking over him, which is Max Holloway. I know it's a. It's, he's lost to Volvanovsky twice, right? But well, I tell you, has he? I mean. I think the second fight was very close. I think the first fight was uh, was I was I was it was close, but I was happy enough with with the decision. I, I think the second fight. second fight was clear. I don't. I still don't get how that was wrong. Right, like two knockdowns in two rounds. Uh, maybe took yeah. the third. Maybe took the third, which was a close one still. But I saw. Nah, there again, I feel robbed. I feel a bit like dirty if Holloway got that third match. Which he deserves now, no doubt about it. He's a he's a number one contender. Yeah, I mean, I think Holloway isn't in my pound for pound rankings. He probably should be, to be honest. He probably should be, but I I found it tough to put him to put him in because I feel like he's I, I feel like. Against Jose Aldo, that was the first time. You know, we see the Lamas fights and this and that and the next time. I feel like Holloway has only just now found himself properly. Really? 
I honestly feel like the Max Holloway that we saw against Calvin Cater is the beginning of the Max era. And that's even after he's won the title and put the beatings on Aldo and whatever. Like, I feel like, obviously, he's beaten great fighters to get to where he got to. But I feel like, we must remember, Max came into the UFC at 3-0, and 19 years of age. He literally grew up in under those lights, in that octagon. He grew up there. I imagine, and, and again, this is purely speaking of me being making assumptions, but, but I would imagine that somebody like Max Holloway, you need a career-defining win to really make you feel like you've earned and you deserve and you're there, right? There's no better way than going to Rio and dethroning the king. Yeah. And then doing it again. Facts. He's only 29. That's one thing that everyone forgets. Like, Max Holloway, 29. And, you know what I mean? Like you said, the list reads itself. There's no there's no doubt about it. And um, I think he's got so far to go. Can he... 10 years' time, 39, could he still be champion? I don't know. No. Maybe not. No. I think, I think um, because of the damage that Max has taken and because of the amount of fights that he's taken, you'll see Max bow out middle 30s but what i would love to see is max go to 55 and what i mean by go to 55 is actually go to 55 rather than just take a short notice and jump up against poirier let's actually see it let's see him change his body bring a physique and you know what fuck it uh sorry valentina you're gone i'm taking max (laughs) at 10 i think you're absolutely right um, I, I, I think it would be preposterous and this isn't recency bias either like I think it's preposterous to to not have Max Holloway in the pound for pound list um, purely on his skills alone and you know we talk about we talk about Max going to 55 like imagine the fight imagine Dan Hooker Max Holloway imagine Michael Chandler Max Max Holloway imagine Poirier like any anyone any of that top 10 Poirier Holloway too would be disgusting in a good way. Will... I mean, frankly, I'm not sure how long Porio has left. Um, the reason why I say that is because, you know, he's going to get seriously paid for this. Yeah. You'd, you'd expect, right? Main event, Abu Dhabi against McGregor, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what is, what's left for him in the sport? You know, like with Habib gone, if Habib truly is gone, maybe he wants another run at the belt. Maybe. Yeah, but does does he beat McGregor? I don't think so. And then if he doesn't beat McGregor, and Habib decides not to come back, well then they're going to give McGregor the title, aren't they? And then what you're going to do, Poirier three? I don't know. I don't know how that shapes out. If McGregor gets and- a decisive victory over Poirier in um, on Saturday. There's no way you get three, right? Two dominant performances. No matter what, I, I can't lie. I can't see Poirier ever being in the title picture again if he loses against McGregor. So it's a very open one. Like, if we record this next week, will our views be completely different? Probably. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, like I said I, at the start of the podcast, I think this is, I think it's tough for Poirier. I really do think it's tough for Poirier on Saturday. Like, there are, you know, one of the one of the renowning sayings that go around MMA is that styles make fights, right? 
And, yeah. and I feel like in the same way that Conor McGregor is a really bad styles matchup for somebody like Max, he's a really bad styles matchup for somebody like Dustin. Yeah. And, and it's so difficult when you're, you know, what's Poirier, 12 years deep into his MMA career professionally or whatever. Like, it's so hard to just reinvent a brand new style for just one fight. It's so, so, so hard. And, you know, I just, I just, I just can't see it. And yeah, I mean, look, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if, if me and you have a chat on, on Sunday morning, if we watch the fights live and Poirier's just knocked out McGregor, we're like, well, we were wrong. Right? Yeah. Well, I think that rounds it off perfectly. Sad McGregor. And well, start with McGregor Poirier, end with McGregor Poirier. Uh, mm-hmm. Firstly, obviously, most importantly, thank you for hopping on. It's been good. It's a pleasure. It's been a good team So, um, obviously, make sure you check out the at all about balance podcast um, on on Instagram, YouTube. Yes, we we are at the all about balance podcast. Um, some fucker took all about balance podcast, uh, but uh, yeah, so we are at the all about balance podcast. Okay, so YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. They've got a website. Check it all out. Um, obviously, check out the fight rundown at the fight rundown. And uh, absolutely, let's, we need to see this again soon. Maybe you know, mate. I'm I'm more than willing. Like you know, just just to uh, to give my two pounds. Like first, thanks very much for for having me on. And and I think that you know uh, during lockdown and stuff, a lot of people have put put podcasts out and done their own thing and. And I think that what this does, especially in the MMA space, like the All About Balance podcast is not is not an MMA podcast per se. We do we do fight breakdowns between me and and two really amazing guys called Sean McGuinness and, and Jack Sear, and 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 those guys do incredible work for the podcast, and I'm really grateful for them. But you know, guys like yourself that that have obviously followed MMA for a long time, you've got opinions; they're well thought out. You know putting your ideas out there into the world for people to, to, to take and listen to you know, all you're doing is you're just growing the sport, right? You're just bringing your collection of friends, your audience, your fans into the sport, whether they're MMA fans or not. Right. And, and I think that what you're doing is really good work. And, and I hope that you keep it up because you know, the more podcasts, the better, frankly. Facts. Still a great sport. Definitely going to, definitely going to be one of the biggest in 20 years, maybe bigger than boxing. You never know. So, um, so on that note, thank you. Hopefully we'll join you by the next episode. Thank you, Harry, and we'll see you soon. Take care, my friend. Cheers.